0: Going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland_Styles. That's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. On today's show, we're going to talk about Kansas City starting the weekend with a three game set against the Brew Crew of Milwaukee. So. We get into this three-game set on Friday, which will be the free YouTube game of the day. If you don't have Fox Sports Kansas City, uh, you can also watch this game for free on YouTube. But This series will be in Kauffman Stadium. Uh, no, it'll be in Milwaukee Park. I don't know why baseball uh, at-bat app flipped it once you got to the preview screen, but never mind. It'll be in Milwaukee. Oh, well, Anyway, who cares? Uh, no fans anyway. So uh, Kansas City will take on Milwaukee and Milwaukee. Danny Duffy gets the first start of the series and his first start since his uh, little accident situation in Kansas city uh, that sidelined him for the tiger series. And he'll start on Friday against Milwaukee and Milwaukee will throw out a pitcher with a plus four ERA. And that would be Adrian Hauser. Uh, So it'll be a, a tightness matchup here for Kansas city as Duffy with a 4.24 ERA goes up against Hauser with a 5.40. And this is what I've been saying this week, is that these are some winnable baseball games for Kansas City. you got the Tigers, and you split there, and you got the Brewers. Can you win this Brewers series? Because the next night you have Chris Bubich going up against uh, Burns of Milwaukee as a sub-2 ERA, has had a nice little season for himself this year. That's Corbin Burns, uh, only 25 years old, he's played in 10 games this year, 50 innings in a sub-2 ERA. So it'll be a nice outing for Bubich uh, to take on Uh, a top Milwaukee young arm, and then you're going to end it on Sunday, I believe with Brad Keller, not officially official yet, but I do think it'll be Brad Keller on Sunday going up against a Brewers pitcher with a plus four ERA. So those, those bookend games of Friday and Sunday can be some games which you can capitalize on Brad Anderson on Sunday and the guy we talked about, Hauser, on Friday. This lineup that's kind of finding their stride a little bit can try to make some damage happen on the bookend days, and then you have your young prospect and Chris Bubich trying to set a standard for himself, trying to set a precedent for himself, trying to take a book or a page out of the Brady Singer book where Brady Singer's really turned it on in his last couple of starts, trying to get that momentum on his side as we close out this season. I mean, this season has one more week left in it for, for uh, Kansas city. So they're going to try all they can to, to win some games and earn some momentum heading into the off season, which Again, shouldn't be too long of an offseason because we are going to start sp- uh, spring training on the 27th of, Fe- of February and the games on April 1st. So it's going to be a lot of fun to cover this team for yet another offseason. And y- you look at this weekend, I think you can win the series. I think you could even sweep this series. I do know uh, how talented the Saturday starter Burns is for the Brewers. But Bubich, I still feel like you have a chance every time Bubich takes the man. I know he only has one win in his career, but still – I feel good about Boo, but still, even with a a 4.5 ERA, I still feel good about him. I think you can sweep this series. I think you should win this series. But, again, it's hard to be too terribly mad at a team that's going to lose whenever you're sitting at 20 and 29 in a 60-game season and can try to better your draft pick. So that's kind of where the Royals have house money right now. If they win, awesome. You won some baseball games. If they lose, Awesome. You've improved a draft pick in a draft that should be pretty good next year uh, from everything that I've heard. Now, I haven't dove too deep into the draft, but it does seem like a pretty nice draft class for, you know, the league. And it should be uh, a productive one. So losing is good. Winning is good. And that's kind of the luxury of being where Kansas City is. If there's any luxury to that. I know Kansas City's goal was to be in the postseason in a 60 game stretch with the expanded postseasons, but that's not how it all came out. Uh, so again, let me know what you guys think about this Brewer series. If, if the Kansas City Royals are going to win the series, lose the series, or if you even care at this point, as we get ready for yet another football Sunday uh, on Sunday, Kansas City doesn't play until what? 325 local time in, in LA. So the Royals game starts at 110. That game should be decided probably by, by kickoff or, or close to it. So that'll be good. You can still check in on the Royals if you don't want to check in on the noon action of the NFL. Let me know if you're someone who's going to only watch the Royals on Sunday and not watch the NFL. That would be pretty cool. They're going to be on a secondary screen for me for sure. That's the beautiful thing about having five screens. It's kind of crazy, but I still get to check in on Kansas City whenever I have football on. So that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, this series this weekend, winnable. That's the word I used all week, winnable week for Kansas City. You split with Detroit. You've got the Brewers right now. You've got St. Louis with their up-and-down offense coming to town on Monday, and then you close the year out with Detroit, with a four-game setter with Detroit. Winnable stretch here for Kansas City to go in to the offseason on a bit of a high note. I know that it would feel good to finish above Detroit, simply because I said that everyone who picked Detroit over Kansas City we're idiots, so I'd like to be right about that. But again, it doesn't really matter because the Royals are playing with that house money of just who cares at this point. I mean, if they lose, that's still good for them. If they win, that's still good for them. So that's really where this team is at. And you're going to have a nice little weekend series to watch because I've, I've always said that the most important days to watch Kansas City, if you're sick of watching a losing team, at least watch when Bubich is on the mound, Keller's on the mound, And Singer's on the mound. you are going to get two of those guys in a three-game set. So that's always good for Kansas City. And I'm going to answer some Reddit questions coming up at the end of the show. Also, going to sneak in some football picks just because uh, football Friday, that's what we're going to do from now on as the Royals will be eliminated from the postseason by next Friday, so who cares. Uh, But we'll talk about that coming up, but we do need to talk about our good friends over at Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves and say things like I've lost my mojo or avoid it all together with I've had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I just don't feel it right now. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional, you can be prescribed real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. Roman will ship it to you for free, two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. You just get started by joining today. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockdownMLB. That's GetRoman.com slash LockdownMLB. We're going to fill out a complete online survey visit. Erectile function used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete the online visit today and get connected with a real healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash locked on MLB today. If approved, you get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash locked on MLB. Getroman.com slash locked MLB. We're back on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R Y L A N underscore S T I. LES on today's show, we're going to continue talking about Kansas City and the future is bright for Kansas City. So if you want some more optimism, you can check out yesterday's podcast. that dropped a little bit late, and you might have missed how bright the future is that I talked about, but I did want to answer a couple of fan questions over on Reddit, uh, and they're really good ones. So uh, the first question comes from Brad B 717 Number one, uh, what will the starting rotation look like next year? And number two, do you think whenever the Royals lose – the contract of Van Kennedy, uh, that they can make a splash in free agency of some sort. Uh, I would remind you that in this question you said cap space, but I, I would assume and, and I figure you do know there's no cap in baseball. But I just want to remind you of that, just because you know it, it's complicated jumping back from all these sports that have different cap rules. So the Royals can do whatever they want to, even if they had the Kennedy contract under con- on the books, but they do not. You're right, and they do shed some money that way. Uh, so the second question is easier to, to tackle right now. You're not going to see Kennedy make a big splash, like for example. You're not going to see J.T. Realmuto, and part of that is the the position of top guys, and part of that is the market. And I think that it is a bit unfair to to judge this ownership group that we haven't seen have an off season yet together based on the previous one. But I think it's just safe to say this market has to prove it to you that they're going to go make that splash. So this off season, though, they are put behind the eight ball. What I mean by that is for a market like Kansas City, you've got to be very careful with your money. And you can't afford bad contracts. And you have to maximize every single year of that contract. I mean, take Boston, for example. That J.D. Martinez contract is a big one. They're not winning right now. That's not detrimental to that team. If the Royals paid JT Martinez all that money and they weren't winning, that would be incredibly detrimental to this team. So they're not going to make that splash. If they're ever going to make one, they're not going to make it until – They have a team that's ready to compete. And next year, you're going to compete with young guys. You're going to be in the conversation, especially if they expand the postseason officially, which they should and they will, I think, expand that postseason. So you're going to be hanging around. You're still going to be losing games, but it'll feel a lot better because you're going to be losing with your young talent that you've heard so much about forever. So that's going to be a positive, but you're not ready to invest in a free agent yet. You're just not. Because you're going to be spending one of those big contract years in a a season in which you're hoping to maybe surprise. And that's a risk that a team like Boston can take. It's not a risk that a team like Kansas City can take. And maybe this ownership group surprises us all, and they get more like that Marlins ownership with Jeffrey Loria did, where Miami, believe it or not, in baseball is considered a small market just because of the fact that the fan support's not there, the revenue's not there, the TV contract's not there, and for a long time the ballpark wasn't there. So David Sampson and, and Jeffrey Loria would always go for the big splash, and they'd want to win the offseason every single year. It didn't translate to winning the season season, but they wanted to go all in with trading for Jose uh, Jose Riaz and you know Josh Beckett and getting all these pitchers and, and just trying to make that big splash. So they tried to do that every single year, even though it was detrimental to their pocketbook. They didn't care; they just wanted to do it and win the offseason. Maybe this ownership group with with Sherman has that. I don't think that they do. So if you're looking for a big splash in the free agency market, I wouldn't count on one this year. Again, I'm not going to roll out this ownership group forever, but it just does not make enough sense the risk and reward factor uh, being this year for Kansas City. Because again, your top free agents, beyond the fact that you don't want to win next year, excuse me, you probably want to win next year, but you're not going to in all likelihood unless you surprise, unless these young guys are much better right out of the shoot than what we all expect. Uh, beyond that, the positions of, of the big players are stuff you don't need. Catcher, for example, JT Rimoto is a heck of a player. He's going to get a ton of money. He's one of the top free agents on this market at thirty years old. But are you going to supersede Salvador Perez? Are you going to move him to first base or move him to the DH for JT Realmuto? I don't think so. So that takes away one big splash. Uh, you know, another big name on this market w- would be George Springer, depending on what you know Houston does with him and, and Michael Bradley. Uh, excuse me, Michael Brantley. <laughs> depending on what they do with George Springer. He'd be another guy that, that's on the market. But you have Witt for right now. You have Edward Olivier, who I think is really good. You have Kyle Isbell, who I think is going to be really good. You have Khalil Lee, who I think, who I think is going to be really good. And a plethora more of outfielders. And, and the outfield position for Kansas City, for those of you who are deep into the prospect game and, and you study up on these, on these prospects – it's kind of like the pitchers. I mean, you you all can have your individual favorites. My favorites happen to be Lee and Isabel and, and Livieras. You can throw out names I've never even mentioned on the show before that you like because it's so uh, deep on paper. It, it's just, it just is. So, you know, JT Rilomoto uh, is a free agent. You're not going to really need him in that sense. George Springer uh, has not been extended yet. I don't think you're not going to really need that position either because you want to have a young guy grow there. You're not going to spend that money on him, and I will say that on that George Springer deal, he's a good player, would be an upgrade to the young guys, of course, but you're also going to want to play your young guys, and especially if you're going to bring back Alex Gordon, who takes up a spot away from a young guy because you want to give him a send-off in front of fans, Uh, if you want to bring him back and you want to keep Merrifield, your outfield's already getting limited in spots for a lot of young prospects that deserve a look and, and, and need to get their career started and need to get their... Feet wet. So the big splash, I don't think, is coming this year for Kansas City. Uh, and I honestly don't want it to, again, because Kansas City as a market can't really afford to pay a, a big salary guy and then lose for a year or two. They can't afford to eat those couple of years. If they're going to pay a big guy, they need to win. And eventually this team's going to win. I trust that these young guys are going to pan out just like the last version did. In fact, I think that this window is you know, is actually more open than the last window was. I think it's going to last a lot longer than two years of being good, especially with the expanded postseason. But you're not ready to make that big splash yet. If they did make moves, I think it would be more of the flyer moves that you saw like a Trevor Rosenthal, which I'm fine doing that with bullpen arms. I don't want to see CJ Crone get a one-year deal in Kansas City. I don't want to see Mitch Moreland as much as I like Mitch Moreland as a player. I don't want to see him in Kansas City. I, I just don't. I, I'm sick of the retread guys. I just want the young players up here. Uh, uh, a I don't. I don't want to see these guys in Kansas City. I want to see the young guys. If the team is not going to be good, I want to fail as a record-wise with the young guys while getting with the while getting the young guys the experience they need, so that way they can compete sooner rather than later. So the big splash. I understand what you mean. You're losing that dead salary for Ian Kennedy, but you're, it's, you're not there yet. And maybe in the 2021 class and the 2022 class, then you can start looking at the big fish and maybe this ownership group will go for it, unlike the last one. But again, you got to show me. You got to show me you're going to do it as an ownership group. But that is a good point about Kennedy. Money coming off the books, and you're going to have a lot of that coming up. So whenever your team is ready to win with young guys who are under team control and team-friendly deals and arbitration deals, you can make that splash if this ownership group wants to. So that's something to monitor moving forward here if you're Kansas City. And so the next question comes from Mazilla Franken. I-, I totally botched your name. I'm sorry about that. He says, uh, Hey, Rylan, what do you think the Royals should prioritize this offseason? Do you think that they should that there's any good free, free agents players worth investing in, long-term deals, or other good reclamation projects? So yeah, the reclamation projects is what I talked about a little bit just now. I'm fine with doing pitchers that way. The position players, I, I want to see young guys at every position. I just do. I, I want to see young guys at every position. You should have a farm system now that allows you to do that, and you go from there. For the pitching standpoint... There's a couple names out there that with the revenue going down with this year being the first year, I think that the owners will operate this off season as if they lost money. You could see some pitchers fly under the radar. You've only got five rotation spots. You've only got a couple seats out there in that bullpen. You've got homegrown guys. You've got cheaper options. You could see some pitchers get lost in the shuffle and have to take Smaller deals in reclamation project deals. Could Rich Hill be that guy? I mean, who knows? He's an older guy. Could James Paxton be that guy who has not had a strong career in New York? Can he bounce back in a smaller market? Can Michael Walker be that guy? He's already tried that with the Mets. And, and, and you look at Tyler Clippard, Wade Davis. Can he Can he be your guy? you know, moving forward that you turn into a, another another uh, Trevor Rosenthal, what you try to do with Craig Holland this year, kind of reunion to maybe even to either end his career or to rejuvenize his career. Soria is going to be a free agent this year. Another name that all of you know in Kansas city. So I, I think that the pitcher route is the way to go. You, you can go to um, MLB trade rumors and they have a, a huge list of every single player who's going to be a free agent this year. And, just look at the the lower-level pitchers, the pitchers who have once been good, like Wade Davis, who kind of need a bounce back. And those would be the type of guys that I'd want Kansas City to go after. I don't want Kansas City to bring in Todd Frazier. I don't want Kansas City to bring in Tommy LaStella. I, I don't want Kansas City uh, to bring in Jose Iglesias. I don't want Kansas City to bring in Eric Sogart. Chris Owings. I, I just don't. Travis Shaw, Justin Smoke, Howie Kendricks. I, I don't want to be that place anymore for Kansas City. I want them to move on to having Nicky Lopez play every day the way you have this year, have Modesty play every day, have Witt Jr. play every day, have a revolving door at first base to to enable some rest days, or if you have a young guy you like like McBroom or Hearn, have them play every single day. At the end of the day, is C.J. Crone – as a flyer that might not pan out, is getting him at-bats at 31 years old more beneficial than McBroom or for getting first-base looks? Or, again, Hunter Dozier needs a place. If you're going to sign up for Alex Gordon taking up one of your three starting outfield spots and you're going to keep with Merrifield around, Hunter Dozier needs a place on the diamond. That can be your first baseman again. Because you also need a place for Kyle Isbell. You also need a place for Khalil Lee. You also need a place for Edward Livieris for one outfield spot. So again, Hunter Dozier will need that third base spot or that first base spot. He'll need somewhere on the corner infield. This team is 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 better in the sense of they have guys you need at bats for. We don't really need any more of these reclamation projects in the field. Again, pitching staff wise, as a bullpen arm, I'm fine with it. I, w- I would like to see this pitching staff as a five-man rotation be young guys. Singer, Bubich Keller, Lacey, Lynch. Cowart's in the bullpen. Zuber's in the bullpen. Stomont's in the bullpen. Bothers in the bullpen. Have all the young guys in the bullpen. That's what I would like to see. And then you sneak in away Davis in the bullpen. Sneak into Kelvin Herrera in the bullpen. Sneak into Jeremy Jeffers back in the bullpen. Soria. Get someone who you think that can, you know, that can make something happen and, and be the next Trevor Rosenthal. And you're not going to hit on every Trevor Rosenthal. You're just not. But it's worth taking a shot for the bullpen arms. I don't think it's worth taking a shot for the starters or for guys in the field because you just have too many, too many log jams at different positions. You just do. But it's going to be interesting for sure. And I do, I do want to see what this what this front office does under new ownership. If it's the exact same standard that there was under the Glass family, or if it changes a little bit with Sherman. I'm interested in that, but I don't think that it's it's right to make the move yet. If they're going to make a move, it should come next off season or the following off season, as you've got your lower, as you your young prospects up, ready to win. Again, we, we've listed off almost a full lineup and a full bullpen and a full center rotation. We have already a full rotation and almost a full bullpen of guys, and then we have a lot of guys in the lineup that you want to see and you think that can turn into something. This team's not that far away. But not yet. Don't make the big splash yet. Because once you start losing with a big contract on your book, that's when you start regretting paying money. And when owners start regretting that they paid money, they stop paying money to guys. So don't make the move just yet. But understand the excitement around free agency, the hot stove. And we're going to get into that every single day throughout the offseason. But we have one more week left of baseball. So tune back in to Lockdown Royals and stay with us all the way through the Topsy-Turby offseason. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked On Royals.